0: This is the Arash Markazi show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi show on the Mightier
1: 1090 ESPN Radio, in Southern California 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G.A. Wiley and Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing, beautiful people? Not
2: as good as you, man.
1: <laughs> it looks really, really nice over there in Hawaii. It is pretty nice here. Uh, yes, yeah, listen, if uh, the sound quality is not what we normally uh, strive to achieve. I am by the beach here in Hawaii, kind of enjoying the, uh, the waves and the sun and all that good stuff here. Uh, by the way, I heard you guys doing a show uh, while I was in Hawaii. It's a great job on the show yesterday. Uh, you can hear us loud and clear, like I said, on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. On two stations, 95.1 FM and AM 760. So, great job, guys.
2: Well, oh, thank you, Arash.
3: Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we knew the Celtics yeah. would win, too, yesterday. Yeah. Scott Foster <laughs> officiating.
1: Jeez. Exactly. Uh, by the way, the other great thing about being in Hawaii, aside from everything that you already know about Hawaii, is that as a 3 p.m. tip here. So, basically, the, the game is done at 5.30. The sun's still out. You can enjoy the day. But, uh, we're a lot to get into Today. So with that said, let's get to the rundown today brought to you by Circus Sports. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit circussports.com for details. Hit it, G Hey.
2: Well, the Boston Celtics, like Brandon said, they whooped on the Golden State Warriors 116 to 100 on Wednesday night to give them a 2 to 1 lead in the NBA Finals. Jalen Brown scored 27 points, and Jason Tatum added 26 for the Celtics. But the story of the night. Maybe the health of Steph Curry who had 31 points and six three-pointers he was hurt in the fourth after Al Horford rolled onto his leg or into his leg on a loose ball Curry said he will be fine but can the Warriors win the series if he is not 100?
1: I mean so the tough thing about this is that this was already going to be a tough road for the Warriors I think a lot of us thought that listen that this could be a six game series a seven game series so even if Steph Curry was healthy, even if everything is going their way, we figured that this would be a long seven-game series. And now without Steph Curry, and again, Steph said he'll he'll be fine. You kind of have to say that, or that's the common thing to say post press conference. But that looked very familiar to when he was hurt during the course of the season. And if he's not 100 percent, or certainly if he has to miss, uh, you know, Game Four, and they fall down three-one. It's going to be a tough going. So Brandon, I hate to admit this and say this, but really for the first time watching that game, the Celtics winning in blowout fashion and then Curry being hurt late, finally, really hate to admit this, envisioning the the thought of the Celtics hoisting their 18th championship. And I hate that those words even came out of my mouth.
3: Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't. Um, Yesterday, yeah, I mean, it was a bit concerning considering the Warriors scored 11 points in, in the fourth quarter. But you got to remember, Steve Kerr's rotations were just gosh awful in the fourth quarter because Robert Williams is getting every offensive rebound. Why wasn't Kevon Looney in there? I don't care. I know you got to have, oh, you can't have Poole, Curry and and Klay at the same time because two of them are liabilities defensively and sometimes three if Clay's not moving well. But you had to have Kevon Looney in there for rebounds. They got out rebounded like like crazy in the fourth quarter. That was the big problem, in my opinion. Uh,
2: so I personally think that, like, yes, you have to have the big three in there, right? The main three in there, and unfortunately, Draymond fouling out probably didn't help their cause either uh, in the fourth. But Clay has not had the best series. Yeah, he had so twenty-five far.
3: points. I know we were talking about no, it yesterday we, yeah. on, on my pod, but
2: no, no, definitely. But like, he again, he hasn't played. I think up to maybe his standards. I, th- I think yeah. this maybe a, a better way of saying I it. I just so. think,
3: t- too, like, like Jordan Poole didn't play well. Um, Draymond had the worst game of his career, arguably. He's not going to play that bad next game, but he was the worst player on the court. No, yesterday. no, I agree. I agree and with it wasn't even right. close. Yeah. At that point, Kerr needs to stop with this loyalty to Draymond, and he needed to put Looney in and sit Draymond. And that's a hot take, considering Draymond's one of the best defenders the league has seen over the past 20 years. But, like, he was awful. He was a liability.
2: Yeah, I mean he definitely uh, in his post conference obviously he says like well I was expecting all this and that's just how I played I'm like "You then, are, obviously you made it affect you and then
3: he puts in Iguodala instead of Looney when the game is still within 12 points, 10 points with four minutes to go. Like, what's going through Kerr's head? And I'm not saying he's like, like, yeah, Kerr is one of the best coaches we've seen in the NBA over the past 10 years. I know he's had a great team, but the difference between Mark Jackson and him, it was like seven seed, one seed championship. Like, he's great, but the, that concerned me. And I know Scott Foster was officiating, so we knew the Celtics would win. The Warriors are going to, I don't think, I, if I'm the Warriors, I'm not concerned. They're going to win game four easy, in my opinion. Easy. It will be like taking candy from a baby. Wow.
2: I mean, yeah, I don't, you you,
1: you got to take some advice. Uh, we might we, we may have to put place the bet here because Brandon's very confident about it. I don't know what the line is going to be. Would be shocked if the Celtics are not favored by a couple of them. I don't care. The okay. Celtics. That's-
3: this was the first game. The Celtics actually looked good the whole game.
2: The whole yeah. game. I mean, they were they were well, doing they were... pretty well in game one. No, no, not until the fourth. They weren't that good. I I, I don't know. I just maybe I just beg to differ because I just I saw. Maybe it's just because I'm a little biased on Jalen Brown and on on Tatum. I don't think that Tatum had a great game in Game One, and he he obviously like 13 assists, great, good for you. You were facilitating, but other That's, than that, I also like, have a yeah.
3: problem with the with a lot of media members making this about Tatum when Marcus Smart has been the Finals MVP in my opinion so far.
2: No, I agree I don't with think you. it's
3: close. Like when he scores 20 plus points, they've won both those games. Absolutely. When he's had a bad game, they lost. He's the key now to this series. Absolutely. It's not even Horford anymore.
2: Absolutely. If you look at the numbers of. Uh, how much Tatum scored and how much Brown scored Marcus Smart is right up there when they when yeah. they get those up But
3: But Arash like going back to your point like I I agree with you I think like the Celtics now can win the series that but I just don't I don't think it's going to happen I just think the Warriors are too experienced and great at making adjustments and, and unless they play yeah, Le, unless they play LeBron down, you know up 3-1 <laughs>
1: And we talked about it before uh, the uh, show, and so I, I kind of think it's worth talking about here. You know, what happened with, with, with Draymond Green, his wife, putting out a uh, post. Again, listen, you know, Boston fans well-established, you know, uh, what they've said. But listen, we had a clip that just went viral what Warriors fans were chanting at LeBron James. And so this happens, not to excuse it, uh, but your guys' thoughts, I mean, I mean... Uh, Listen, Draymond Green will come back strong following a really bad game. And for Brandon Touchdown, it could be one of the worst games of his career. But his wife feeling the need to put out that post. Uh, I guess two-part question. A, like, is that, like, a real thing? Like, I mean, is that something that's going to fire up Draymond? And I guess your thoughts on uh, Draymond, you know, having these, these but hey, great podcasts, but, like, during the <laughs> NBA Finals, having these podcasts I, is incredible
3: you know i don't mind it i don't mind it what i do mind is you know him and his uh, well not not as much draymond but his wife coming out like like nina westbrook and saying like oh don't talk crap about my like that's boston fans that's what happens that's the game you don't want to go play th- you don't want to go make 30 million dollars you can't have your cake and eat it too that's what happens i get crap on tiktok and i make zero dollars <laughs> on tiktok yeah and and also- you know what i'm saying like if i make 30 million call me whatever the heck you want right. like don't let it get to you that's what fans do and Unless it's like absurdly racist or like terrible they were just saying like draymond you're a you know what or draymond like scr- draymond, you screw suck. you or draymond you like they weren't yeah. calling him racial names no that's different yeah. if it's racist then it's like okay that's a problem but everything else like don't let it get to you i think draymond was just his ego was hurt because he had a terrible game i don't mind him going on the podcast and you know being honest that he played like crap and he didn't play well like i don't mind that just like respond like kobe wouldn't let that stuff get to him
2: yeah no, you know? he would. He would. That would be more fuel for the fodder. Oh yeah, right there, right. It's like
3: NBA players now are like, what? What's going on? Yeah, like, y'all,
2: I don't want to. I don't want to sound mean here, but and I don't want anybody to get offended. But y'all are babies, man. Like if this was back <laughs> in the day, like if this was like Kobe, Jordan. um... You know, even the 04 pistons yeah Garvin oh, ham especially the
3: 04 <laughs> sheed although you, you <laughs> say that stuff that. to sheed he would go off
2: and get 20 boards
3: and uh, like shut yeah, you up <laughs> they would
2: use that and also have you been to the garden have you been to the Garden? You should be expecting that. Just like Draymond said in his post, uh, interview, post-game interview, interview, he was expecting that kind of behavior from them. So, again, this is something that you should just be expecting when you go to the Garden. I We're also, going to I, talk crap.
3: I also think it's funny the allegiance Draymond has, which I like to, to his fan base, but they are some of the most rowdy, you know, uh, <laughs> a lot of Warriors fans have had uh, considered by many to be some of the worst fans in the NBA. That's I don't know
2: if I I don't agree with that
3: but like most people around the league you know if they're not bandwagoners they're very rowdy and disrespectful.
2: I, I mean have you been to Philly yet? So Well that, Philly there's, there's fans cheese. Yeah. Geez. So, but 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 again I just I think that You know, again, have you been to the Garden? Have you been to Boston? That's what happens. They're passionate.
3: That's respect. They're always going to be this way. I don't don't, don't hate Boston fans. I'm a Lakers fan, but I don't like... They're passionate about their team. That's what happens.
2: Yeah. Well, moving forward, the Rams signed wide receiver Cooper Cup to a three-year, $80 million contract extension on Wednesday. Again, very well-deserved. Go, Cup. Um, The contract includes... $75 million guaranteed and is worth $110 million over the five years of the deal, sources said. It's the highest amount of guaranteed money ever given to an NFL-wide receiver. Where do the Rams get all this money, guys, from, and have they set themselves up to be Super Bowl contenders for the foreseeable future?
1: Brandon, I thought of you when I uh, saw the contract numbers because we've talked about this before. I mean, this team finds a way. By, by the way, it's maybe a little bit before your time. Car- Carmen Policy with the San Francisco 49ers back in the day when the Cap first came to be. All of a sudden, no one really knew how to deal with the Cavs. Car- Carmen Policy did. They went out and got Deion Sanders and Richard Dent and Gary Plummer and all these like, uh, like, uh, like Pro Bowl talent and uh, put together a Super Bowl team. Here's the thing, they're going to have to pay for this in a couple of years, but in the short term, guys, in the short term, they have a Super Bowl team this year, they'll have a Super Bowl team next year, where it's going to be a problem is three years from now, where they're paying these guys 20, 30, 40 million dollars to not play, so... In the short term, I love it. They are a Super Bowl contender once again, but in the long term, they will pay for this.
3: Also, in a big market like Los Angeles that's kind of changing the culture, you know, becoming more of a football city. I know it's always going to be a Laker town, but, like, it's becoming more of a football city. They're also relying on more free agents to come for less money, Um, you know, because of, like, the glitz, the glamour, the success, you know, that they've had. Yeah, I mean, I agree, Arash. I want to know who their cap person is that's figuring all this stuff out because, I mean, that person deserves a medal. Medal of Honor, actually. I don't, I don't even know how that's possible, but, you know, Cup deserves it. Donald deserves it. Cup's by far the best receiver in the NFL right now, in my opinion, just what he does and him being able to build himself from nothing, like, that's respect. Like, he was a zero-star recruit, pretty much. Um, and then, you know, Donald being disrespected for being short, you know, when he went to Pitt and like, proving himself and getting getting that money like it's all respect much deserved but yeah they're gonna have to pay guys like 50 grand a year within a couple of <laughs> years you know get some guy off the street hey you want to play safety and like put your life on the line for 50k like why not i you mean know? there are
2: some guys out there that would be i would do to it do that
3: pay me 100k <laughs> if you give me the right treatment I'll, I'll take like 10 concussions it's all good
2: <laughs> well the los angeles uh, I hate calling them this. The Angels. I'm just going to say the angels. the angels. You can
3: call them the, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. That's the naming that rights no deal.
2: Though, but, but they
3: won in court. Sense. You got to call them that.
2: It still makes no sense. As somebody from L.A., does that make sense to you?
3: They should just be called the Southern California Angels.
2: I'm very I okay agree. with that. Bring bring back to California. I love yeah, that. I just I don't that.
3: even call PA them the Southern like California Angels. Then you get that surf yeah, vibe they're trying yeah. to get. Like.
2: Right. And they are in Southern California. So, yeah, I'm very okay with that. I would call them the... You know what, Brandon? That's what we're going to start calling them right now. The Southern California wow, well, Angels. They
3: shouldn't even be called a name, right? now <laughs> well
2: they're uh they decided that playing nickelback songs as their walk-up music would result in a change and a possible win instead they lost one to nothing again why would you pick nickelback but yeah anyway. what
3: psychopath came up with that idea
2: <laughs> and now they've lost 14 in a row how can they win a game how hard is it to win a baseball game pitching was usually the issue for the angels and it normally is their bullpen is normally the, their weakness yeah. right yeah. but they've been shut out one and oh in two of their last three games how can they win how can they get back on that winning track by
1: the yeah. way so this is a fascinating car wreck right now and brandon I really want to get your thoughts I mean I mean the reach reaches a point when you lose so many games <sighs> in the world 12 13 14 where the clubhouse has got to be just, just depressed right
3: yeah yeah I don't like this is just an s show I mean we got to say it how it is <laughs> all respect to the angels organization but like I don't get why I I said this yesterday. I don't get why you fired Joe Madden. Like mid, like he, like yes, the game has passed him by. Analytically, he's not where you know most managers are. But he's still a great clubhouse guy. He's still charismatic, and I feel like he can command a room. Yeah, they lost twelve straight. That that's partially his fault. But it's like. Why do you fire a guy when you're when you were in first place two weeks ago? Yeah, I think I think, you know? there, I think three it's two. F- I
2: think it's twofold, though, isn't it, Brandon? Like, yeah, um, you know, being being the nice guy and being like the guy in the in the um, in the locker room, whatever. Like, you know, that doesn't win titles all yeah. the time, I right? Mean,
3: yeah. Fire Phil Nevin. Came up with Nickelback. He's zero three. <laughs> Hire back Madden. Get him. Use golf in a couple days. Get him. No, I mean, like, look. They're gonna, they're gonna win. They're gonna start once they start get, once they get, like I said, not like a blind squirrel. They have a vision. They just need the vision back, and they'll find their acorn. They will win a game, and then they'll start finding more acorns. You know, because it's like, it's just the one, right? Trout. It was promising. He had a home run uh, a couple days ago. And then he got hurt. Of course, knowing the Angels' luck, the Angels are like the Mets. They always like start off well, and the Mets have started off very well to the point where they'll actually probably be in the playoffs um, already with. A 10 game lead but then they choke like the angels and mets have like choked in recent memory and i hate when people are saying that it's 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 a managerial issue yes it's the pitching but also trout and otani weren't hitting for like 13 games rendon got hurt and you know as as bad as he's been for his money he is he is pitchers are fearful of him in the lineup and then taylor ward gets hurt who was hitting 350 and you got all these injuries and then trout and otani get cold and then the pitching gets cold it was just like a matter of everything going wrong i think they have a shot at winning tonight this has to be the game they win with otani on the mound they have to win this game but it's very concerning that the offense is now getting anemic when the pitching actually pitches well you know
1: yeah, this is just really frustrating to watch, but I agree with you, Brandon. Sometimes it's just about getting that one. It's like you get the first point on the scoreboard. Sometimes if you're getting blown out in a game 21-0 to zero in football, just kick that field goal, get some points on the board. I mean, you lost 14 straight like this. You just need to get one W, one win, and then maybe that'll just turn things around. I will say one thing about Joe Madden. I don't think that, 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 that that's just a, a GM call. I'm not saying that there there was a player who said something, but the GM has a sense of the way the clubhouse is feeling, the way the team is going. They take the temperature of the team like Something happened there that, that, that wasn't a knee-jerk thing That was certainly something that had been talked about For maybe a, a few days, a few weeks um, I mean, it would have been ridiculous For him to make a move like that Without consulting with some of the players But um, sad, because when they brought back Joe Madden, I'm like, this is a guy I mean, he took Tampa Bay to the cusp For the World Series Championship He did lead the Cubs to a, a World Series title A great manager and, and just tough to see him go like that
2: yeah, absolutely. Um, well, moving on to the next headline with Darvin Ham prioritizing defense, and with a very weak 2022 free agent market, who can the Lakers possibly pick up that fits with what Ham wants?
1: So, in lieu of just throwing out a, a bunch of names that I have no idea if if, if 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 they could possibly sign them, I will compare this a little bit to 2020. You know, when they when they were putting that team together. So much of their cap room was dedicated to in their minds anyways Kawhi. and when Kawhi decided to sign with the clippers they really had to kind of piecemeal that team together and they got rajon rondo and they got this guy and they got that guy and they really put together a team that a lot of people said well you know it's a top heavy team that team found a way to win the biggest thing is you gotta get guys and brandon talks about this all the time play defense they got to sell out play defense so i'm not even saying that they're going to sign big-name guys, if you just get a group of guys together, because you got got two of the top five players in the league if they're healthy. If you can bring in some guys on lower-tier deals, who want to sell out and play defense, that's what this team needs. A defensive mindset, they need that.
3: Unfortunately, this is a very weak free agent class. They need yeah. 3 and D wings. I mean, you saw with the workout that came out Langston Galloway, Kyle Guy. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, hopefully they can get some better guys than that. No offense to those players. But, look, this is a very weak class. I have wrote about this in, on, my, on my sub-stack Multiple articles. They need three and D wings, and there's really it's a dime a dozen. There's not many, so it's going to be very hard. I don't know. I really don't know. This is going to be the off season, of Rob Palenka, right? Hopefully, he does some well. Yeah, but yeah. knowing the past, I don't. I, I I think he might lay another egg. No offense to Rob Palenka. All love. <laughs>
2: Well, moving forward, the Dodgers have relied on Tyler Anderson and Tony Gonsolin as the aces of their staff with Clay, uh, Clayton Kershaw, Hurt, and Julio Urias and Walker Buehler underperforming. Is this sustainable, guys, especially with Max Muncy hitting uh, 150 and Cody Bellinger barely hitting at 200, two key guys in the Dodgers lineup?
1: It is not sustainable, and we don't have enough time to kind of delve in about why it's not sustainable, but I want to get Brandon's take on this, and I want to get Nick Hamilton's take on this, but it's it, it, certainly not. Listen, I mean, if you're talking about the success of this team, you're going to have to get Clayton Kershaw back, and it looks like he's going to come back. You're going to have to get Walker Buehler playing like he does, so they, they're going to need all that for them to to uh, succeed. Alright, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, as I mentioned, we will be joined by our good friend, Nick Hamilton, when we return right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network.
0: We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rake. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown the underground
1: when we come around. Welcome back to the Rockland Conference on the Mighty or 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas from the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, or just want to take us to an upcoming game in Los Angeles, Vegas, or Hawaii. Call our hotline, 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest with 12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Here he is, our good friend, Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you? What's going on, The Watchman? How's everything going? I'm living the dream. I'm living the dream here in Hawaii, but I'm keeping up with what's happening in sports in Los Angeles. Thanks to you, the uh, hardest working man in Los Angeles. You were at Rams Camp uh, this week. Um, they, where do they get this cap from Meg? They, they signed Sarah and Donald. They, they just got Cooper Cup, two of the biggest contracts in week history. Um, a, how have they looked at camps? And B, how do the Rams continue to do this?
4: Well, I'll answer A, which seems to be the easier question. Uh, they look pretty well. I mean, again, Matthew Stafford isn't really throwing out there. He's kind of just running through drills. They get any kind of uh, a sense of where guys could be. Um, as they get prepared for training camp in uh, in about five or six weeks now. Uh, But, listen, Allen Robinson, everybody's raved about Allen Robinson, about how well he's he's performed, how well he's been able to ingratiate himself into the offense, being able to understand the playbook, and really build that chemistry and camaraderie with the other wide receivers like Cooper Cup, as you mentioned. Um, I spoke with Van Jefferson yesterday. He told me that he's feeling fine. Uh, You know, he's coming along well. You know, he kind of had a a slight injury, um, you know, during the the springtime. So he's getting ready for that Uh, as far as preparing himself for training camp. uh, He he, he expects to be back um, fully healthy and ready to go. Um, And when you look at a lot of the the other guys, especially uh, on defense, you look at Jalen Ramsey, you look at Aaron Donald, um, you look at uh, Bobby Wagner, um, you can just see the chemistry forming uh, day by day as these guys continue to be around one another um, and then and they get ready for the real time with is training camp. But it was good to see everybody out there um, and everybody really giving 100% as much as they could um, to really just be out there. And you can tell this its a very tight-knit locker room um, when you go out and you watch these guys interact with each other, not so much just running plays, but talking to each other, communicating you see you know, Aaron Donald talking to some of the rookies, or you can see, uh, you know, guys just going in you know with the seven on sevens and you know, just being, making sure that everybody knows their their role, and everybody's playing their role to the best of their ability.
1: Nick, uh, we've kind of wondered, you know, what does the future hold for LeBron James post career, or if he might play with a team? He said he wants to own a team and not just a, a random team. He wants to own the team that ends up in Las Vegas. Your thoughts on that? I mean, I would think that that's a fantastic idea for the league in terms of LeBron transitioning into the, the next phase of his life. And by the way, wouldn't be shocked if he retires and then pulls a Michael Jordan where he plays one more year for that team in Las Vegas?
4: Yeah, that would not be interesting, and I wouldn't be surprised that either, arrived But at the same time, I think it's a good look for the league. But I wouldn't want LeBron to own the entire, like a major percentage of it I think LeBron will be smart enough to bring a group of investors along yeah. with him to be in that, that particular space in Vegas because Vegas is a growing metropolis. You see the effect of the Golden Knights. You see what the Las Vegas Aces are doing. You see what the Las Vegas Raiders. And it's soon to be, I'm going to say this right now, it will not surprise me when the Las Vegas A's become a real reality uh, yeah. moving from Oakland. So it is a sports metropolis. Uh, The NBA has has been doing a study there for, I believe, the last seven to eight years. Uh, So Las Vegas and Seattle are on the map and due for teams, I would say, within the next maybe four to five years, we could see a team in Las Vegas at some point as well as in Seattle. So so LeBron James being uh, one of the faces of the league uh, would be a good look. I think it would be a a great selling point. Um, I think LeBron has, you know, sharp people around him business-wise. So it it, it would make sense. Uh, for him to be uh, Vegas owner. And he still has his home here on the West Coast in L.A. So it's an hour flight from L.A. to Vegas. So he can still enjoy the L.A. life by, you know, dealing with the Vegas business.
3: Yeah, Nick, I wanted to, it's Brandon Deutsch here, I wanted to ask you about Russell Westbrook um, and the Darvin Ham situation since we haven't really uh, talked since the presser what do you think about ham's comments about westbrook turning back into this i don't know if he ever was but a bulldog defender i know he was like he was pretty good but he was I, I would never consider him an elite defender he used his athleticism to get steals and blocks but what are you what are your thoughts there you think this can turn around for maybe at least a playoff spot like what's the ceiling for this team if westbrook does play defense
4: well, I thought Darvin Ham just got to be watching an episode of the Avengers Endgame. game go back <laughs> in the portal and find the, the Westbrook of five years ago and bring him back and then take this current Westbrook and stick him in the portal. Uh, because there's an absolute, I mean, it's a nice thing to say. It's a nice, there's a nice intention, But let's be realistic, ladies and gentlemen. There's no way Russell Westbrook is going to be the, the player that he was five years ago now. All of a sudden with a brand new coach. I think Darvin Ham, uh, first of all, congratulations to Darvin Ham. I think he absolutely deserves a head coaching opportunity, um, but dealing with Russell Westbrook is going to be a headache in itself. And he is—I don't know if he's truly prepared for the headache he's going to have to deal with when it comes to Westbrook. He's stock up on a lot of Excedrin and a lot of Advils because uh, yeah. it's going to be a very, very long, grueling season. And I think he said all the—I think Darvin Ham said all the right things. I mean, I know he was questioned about possibly bringing Westbrook off the bench and. You know, West Brick kind, of kind of smirked and kind of was laughing uh, when that question was raised. But here's the thing. That might be a real deal possibility if you're going to hold on to this character. Um, that might be something that may be more beneficial for the team moving forward. But my question is, who, are going to be, who is going to be part of the supporting cast, um, along with AD and LeBron? Um, that is the bigger question. I know he's still filling out his, his coaching uh coaching roster. I know he's asked Phil Handy to come on. I know he has to shoot Wallace. Um, but as far as Westbrook goes, I don't see much that's really going to change. I think he's going to continue to be who he's going to be, and he's on the decline. Um, say what you want, I know he averaged about 14-7-7, but his shooting is still horrible. He, as far as taking bad shots, he's specifically the worst three-point shooter in NBA history that's not going to stop automatically because Devin Ham. I mean, you act like people act like Devin Hamm is the next come I in Jesus Christ.
1: Like he's a little water and
4: crap ice cream. Are you kidding me? I mean, let's give the man, you know, his respect, and let's give the man an opportunity to cope, but let's also keep it in perspective. He's going to hold everybody accountable, but everybody does not include LeBron James, AD, and Russell Westbrook. Let's be honest about that. Um, but I think he's going to do the, the best job that he can possibly do with the cards that he's dealt with, an organization that still has to figure out who's truly in charge besides just a nameplate. And once they figure that out, maybe, you know, Darvin Ham after this season once again, if they let LeBron walk. Obviously, Westbrook can be a free agent. Um, and then be just having, you know, Anthony Davis. Maybe they can start to really allow Darvin Ham to coach the way he needs to coach. And maybe you may see some differences moving forward in the next couple of years. If they hold on to Garvin Ham um, and let him coach out his contract, but we'll see.
3: But I, w- I wanted a follow-up question there, uh, Rob Palenka. The off-season of Rob Palenka again this summer. Um, personally I don't think he stepped up to the plate the last couple summers that's an argument I guess for some people some people are higher on him than me but do you this is like the weakest free agent class in recent memory there's virtually no three and D wings besides Otto Porter Jr. is probably going to go back to the Warriors and a couple others this is a very weak class what how, how do you see this roster like building out I know you just touched on it like it's going to be tough to get the guys ham once but especially with the financial restrictions with westbrook lebron and davis all making 40 plus million almost so like how are how are they going to do this
4: it's almost asking when will the angels win another game <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same type of question um i don't know uh, to be honest with you and i mean it's going to be extremely difficult because they are cash strapped i mean you, you they couldn't jump Westbrook and his contract because they refuse to give up that 2027 first round pick. Um, they want to hold on to that for dear life. And for whatever reason, they believe that they, that's going to be an asset to them as they move forward. Uh, so and they're going to be very, very cash-strapped. They're going to have to really work out some deals. They're going have, I mean, LeBron's going to have to truly campaign like Rick Caruso uh, trying to campaign for mayor. Uh, because it's going to be extremely difficult for the Lakers to try to acquire really serious talent. I mean, I, I love Malik Monk. I think Malik Monk had a decent, you know, really good year. Um, but he's going to get money offered to him by another team, and he's going to take the money, as he should. Um, you're going to lose some, some quality guys. Maybe you may have to part ways with THC. Um Maybe you may have to part ways uh, with some guys that, that you wouldn't normally think that you may have to part ways with because – you're going to be financially strapped. So I don't know who they're going to get. I agree with you. I think Otto Porter Jr. to go back to the Warriors or some other team gets an opportunity to pay him, you know, the, the max dollars that he's looking for. And he'll go to another team, but it won't be the Lakers. Um, so I think everybody's so focused on Darvin Ham and getting, you know, how, he, how is he going to coach? But w- who is Darvin Ham going to coach and be able to coach and sustain himself to, trying to get back at their winning ways if they don't have a strong supporting cast. I don't believe this team, first of all, i have said it time and time again, the team is not winning a championship for the next five six years. You get to get that. All you Laker myopics out there, <laughs> That is <there's somebody laughs> going to go to Badmo and get you a Badmo card because that's going to help you get through the season. There's going to be some rough seasons coming up. Uh, you know. But I think also, too, if the Lakers do make it into the first round of the playoffs, they're going to get smoked. Because you got a lot of other teams, as I said before, in the Western Conference, uh, they're going to get better, and you don't have the personnel needed to to properly compete against these upper echelon teams like the Golden State, like the the, the Dallas Mavericks, like the, the Denver Nuggets, like the Clippers. Um, so there are different there are different teams that are on the come up, um, and again, the Warriors that we're watching right now in the finals. I mean, look at their roster. Their their young guys are about a year or two away from really fully booming and really, you know, turning on afterburning, um, along with Steph Curry and Draymond. So that's a team you're gonna have to definitely watch out for um, as a top dog in the West. And the Lakers, are, you mean? with mean, with the financial woes, the Lakers are really going You think the Lakers are gonna compete with the Golden State Warriors? Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, no, so, no shot. I, I agree. Answer your question. <laughs> to answer your question, I don't know what they could do, honestly, that's going to be really seriously competitive um, moving forward in that Western Conference.
2: Well, Nick, let's move on and talk about uh, two teams that are actually vying for a title right now. Um, Golden State looking like they may be in trouble um, with the possibility of no Steph Curry, at least for maybe one possible game. Um, what are your thoughts on, A, on last night's game, and then, B, um, on the future of Golden State and, um them vying for the championship without curry
4: i mean boston plays an excellent deal. i mean boston has been a team has been a truly a fourth quarter team we saw what they did in game one in the fourth quarter we saw what they did in the fourth quarter in game uh game three as far as defensively they held the the, the, the warriors to 11 points in the fourth quarter um <laughs> this is a Warriors team that's known to be lethal off it um the guys like you know the guys really stepped up The guys get around each other and they made sure they kept the Warriors in check, that's why they beat the brakes off them by 16. Um, as far as if Steph Curry is concerned with that leg injury, hopefully he could go because if they don't have Steph Curry, and and I'm not I'm not just talking about a game, I'm talking about the rest of possibly the rest of this series. If he's not good to go for the rest of this series, Boston is going to be world champions. They're going to be bringing down number 18 very soon.
1: Nick, real quick, because I thought about you the other day, two coaching changes within seconds of each other. (laughs) Okay, so we got Joe Joe Madden. And by the way, it's not totally his fault. This team's off 14 great games. It's really hard to do when you kind of think about it. And then Derek Fisher, we talked about that, Nick. Um, Really, I mean, I think when we think about his time here, I, I will never forgive and forget the fact that Candace Parker. And the point guard are no longer here, uh, so I guess let's start with Joe Madden, and then Derek Fisher finally is no longer the coach and GM. By the way, terrible GM, the bad coach, even worse GM than Derek Fisher. Well, let me
4: say this: I think Derek Fisher was a cool dude, but good riddance to bad rubbish. Um, <laughs> I think Derek Fisher, like I said, I think, but the whole organization, I don't, the whole organization is um, fucked. As far as the L.A. Sparks are concerned, because when you look from top to bottom, and I said this even on Twitter, I said, "Listen, you can't tell me and justify how you can let Candace Parker, arguably one of the greatest WNBA players to ever set foot on court, go to Chicago. Chicago loses seven straight because she's out for seven games due to injury. Come back with a vengeance, and they win a championship in her first year in Chicago. So now she's a two-time WNBA champion. You let the point guard and Chelsea Gray go to a competitor in the Western Conference in the Las Vegas Aces." who seem to be on the trajectory with Becky Hammond as their head coach now to win a WNBA championship or at least compete for one for nothing. You let Laquana Williams go for nothing. Then you try to salvage that by bringing in slow, low IQ basketball player who loves to complain across the rest, who, not, who should be the Who who is not, and Liz Campbell, who's a Liz ability. And you try trying to justify the fact of putting her with Nekka Agumak, who's arguably... One of the best, one of the, the best stars in the WNBA, high basketball IQ, great leadership. Um, so I think overall, that is that that is the reason why Derek Fisher has finally been fired. But nothing's really going to change with this team because, as I said in uh, my tweet, Nicola Gumake, In order for her to get get her some serious help, it starts in the front office. As it pertains to Joe Madden, I was absolutely surprised at Joe Maddon's firing. I don't think it should have happened. I think it was a knee-jerk reaction by Perry, the GM, and Artie Moreno. Again, another dysfunctional organization um, that's far worse because Artie Moreno continues to keep his hand in the cookie jar. I never thought I would say this, but he is worse than Jerry Jones because at least um, Jerry Jones, when he's meddled into stuff, he has a buffer named Stephen Jones, and Stephen Jones seems to be the the, the voice of reality um, when it comes to, and the voice of reason when it comes to making their personnel decision for the Dallas Cowboys team. Um, but when it comes to the Los Angeles Angels, I mean, they are absolutely putrid. Um, nothing has changed. I mean, you, they fired Joe Maddon, and they're still losing games with Phil nothing. So that goes to show you it's not about the manager. It's about the players, and it's also about the GM bringing the proper personnel that needs to happen in order for this team to be successful. I mean, granted, Shohei Ohtani has had four different managers in his four-plus-year career with the Angels. Four. For a kid of his caliber, Mike Trout, who just recently went out with a growing injury, he's listed his day-to-day, don't know when he's going to come back. You got guys in there that are injured. You got guys in there. I mean, what, what is really going to change? They need to force Artie Moreto to sell the team. He's a terrible owner. He is horrible. And this is the result of what you get you going to fire a future Hall of Fame manager, a guy that brought the Chicago Cubs to a World Series championship after over 100 years? And did he really have a strong sample size? Go back to 2020, 60 games. How is that a sample size? The next year, Mike Trout gets hurt. The following year, Shohei Otani. Then you only only have Rendon, Otani, and Trout play a total of 21 games, I believe, together before they all went out injured. So where was the two sample size? For first time ever in life, general manager to make a, a, such a rash decision who he claimed never talked to any of the players or the coaches before making this decision. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen, and it's truly a travesty to Joe Maddon and those players in that locker room because they deserve absolutely better than what they got. But this is what happens when you hire a guy freshman McDonald's to become a general manager <laughs> because you want to pay on the cheap. And this is exactly what
1: you get. You get what you pay for. Nick, our last minute or so with you, the Dodgers, their success right now. Is it sustainable when you consider, you know, Kershaw's been hurt, Julio Urias is not performing well, Walker Bueller's not performing up to expectations? How they're winning right now with these guys not performing, can they continue to win this way?
4: I think they can sustain themselves this way, but I think they need those guys that you mentioned to really come back and come back strong. Um, but I think as they continue to, to weigh out the, the, the waters of injury, I think they're doing a significant job. I think you got to give a lot of credit to Dave Roberts and that, and that coaching staff um, as far as being able to, you know, weigh the tide of injury and be able to, to, to balance out and try to get the in the series uh, as they wait for those guys to come back.
1: And, Brandon, we were going to talk about it going into break. Your thoughts real quick on this as well.
3: Yeah, um... Look, Joe, Joe Madden shouldn't have been fired. We talked about this. And uh, I, I just can't talk about the Angels right now until they win a game. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be discussing them. <laughs> yeah, they, should, and, they uh, shouldn't be relevant. For the Dodgers, it's, just, it's miraculous that they're able to rely on Tyler Anderson and Tony Gonsolin as the aces with Walker Buehler having a down year with Urias you know, being up and down and with Kershaw in the IL. It's, it's, it's miraculous. And Muncie hitting 150. Um, just coming off the 10-day. He should be in AAA. I don't know what the heck they're doing there. And then, uh, Cody, I don't care his resume. He didn't fifty, He should be in AAA. And Cody Bellinger in 200. Yet, they're still winning games. So, congrats to them. Good team.
1: They're, they are such a deep team. And so, I totally agree with Nick. They can sustain this in the short term. Obviously, during the course of the season, those guys have to step up, but this team is so deep, so talented. They can sustain these short moments of time when all of their players are not playing well. They're going to get Max M- Muncie back. They're going to get Kershaw back, So they'll be just fine. Nick, you're the best. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. We'll talk to you next week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe and stay healthy.
0: This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
4: so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. worldwide through the hard
0: times. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.